Welcome to episode 39 of Conversational Pace, a podcast for ordinary runners. And we're back, I guess, question mark. We're going to give it a stab anyway. Who are you? (laughs) I'm an occasional runner and even less uh, frequent podcaster. Named Chris Barrett. And I am Jim Atkins. (laughs) Oh, that's right. We do that. (laughs) I've totally forgotten how to podcast. Well, ironically enough, we're going to give you an episode today about rebuilding uh, your fitness into running. It seems kind of apropos since we've both kind of fallen out of our schedules and all of our routines and maintenances that we used to do. So, Yeah, given everything that life was throwing at us uh, come the holidays, uh, everything took a hit. First, it was running and then it was podcasting and then uh, less and less of both until we haven't really done much of either for, oh God, maybe a few months now. Yeah, it's been, uh, I've been very inconsistent probably all through December and January now and continuing my trend into February for uh, my running schedule. So kind of giving myself advice, I guess. Yeah, it's been really tricky because up until and through October, you know, I was hitting it pretty hard. I was running consistently six days a week and was peaking around, I don't know, 45 to 48 miles a week and everything was feeling great and I was getting faster and I felt really healthy and I was happy. And, uh, then, you know, life kind of took, uh, a, a tailspin and, uh, threw a wrench in everything and wasn't running and have the, have had the hardest time getting back into it. And as much as I've lacked motivation, you seem to have suffered the same. Yeah. And, uh, I think it was just, I, I got a new job back in October and kind of hit the ground running and I thought I was going to be able to keep up everything and then more and more responsibilities and life happened. So it just kind of started to take its toll and I just kind of lost my motivation. So the thing that we found is that we had to kind of let go of running for a bit to maintain balance and sanity and happiness. And the same thing happened with the podcast, really. We just couldn't keep up with it and manage the stress levels in a healthy way. So we just had to bail for a little bit. And that's going to happen probably to everybody unless oh, you're a kept man or woman and you have somebody else who facilitates the rest of your life. This is true. Yeah, we uh, it, we aren't lying when we say we're just ordinary runners because we both have full time jobs and families and other responsibilities. So this is literally just a, a hobby as at the end of the day. And I think, you know, a few times in the podcast, we have mentioned the idea of trying to maintain balance in life and in running and everything. And I feel like I definitely wasn't like everything was all about running. And so uh, life was taking a backseat and work was definitely taking a backseat. Like I wasn't keeping up with all of my work responsibilities and that's not balance. And so something had to give and it was the running and it was the podcasting, but I'm slowly realizing that my, my emotional state, my mental health is really taking a hit because of that. So trying to get back to finding some balance again. And I know that a lot of you guys out there are going to struggle with that as well. So as we sort of venture back into both aspects of our lives, which we really enjoyed, we thought it might be a good thing to address here. This is true. And like I said, I mean, it's it's kind of something you have to assess and see, is it bringing more stress to your life? And I think if you kind of want to try to power through that, you almost lose the love for running. So that's actually something you kind of have to consider as well. So you definitely have to take a step back and I think assess if this is something you still want to be part of your life because it does take up a lot of our lives and you don't realize how big a part of a life you're in until you free up all those hours because you have other things that are more pressing that you need those times for. So I think that's kind of what happened to both Chris and myself. Yeah, I think that I got to a point where as I tried to maintain my running, 
it wasn't really any longer a thing that was bringing me joy. It was something that I stressed over. And it was like, oh, I need to get out there. I'm going to lose my fitness. I'm going to fall apart. I'm falling behind on this. And so it just added more stress onto an already stressful situation. And we were both sort of randomly at that point finding additional stress in our lives. Yeah, it was crazy. I, mine was a lot less you know, important than yours, obviously, but it went the job and then my wife lost her job and then it's just been kind of crazy. So trying to balance all that and struggle everything. So it's, it's been interesting to try to find the time to still run and when that run does actually bring joy and, and lift your mood. And what's been interesting lately is I've started to try to get back to some consistency is that I have been finding that joy again. Like after our last run out at Tyson's um, this weekend, um, I was driving home like really jazzed and excited and happy. Yeah, I think the, the lack of structure where I've just kind of run as I felt has definitely been a major positive find through this period because it used to be like Chris said, where it was like this short, you have to hit this and you have to hit these miles and these paces. And it was like, that's great if you're really focused in on something. But if you're just using jo- running to bring some joy to your life, sometimes those unstructured runs are awesome just to get out there and enjoy some nature and some time on the trails or the road or whatever it is you prefer. The thing that I worry about personally is that I don't know if I could count on myself to get my running done if I was unstructured. Like I really depended upon my training plans to just know that like, okay, this is what I'm doing today. And I never even questioned that. It was always just a given. And so that allowed me to be really consistent. And, you know, sometimes I doubt that I have the the discipline, the wherewithal to be, to maintain running as a lifestyle choice if. Um, I don't have a plan in front of me. I don't know. I thought the same way. And then I was like, oh, I got my coach back. So I I started back with a coach in December and I was like, well, that structure will help me. And I really want to build up. And I did register for a hundred miles at hundred miler in October. So I definitely want some training plan for that. But I've just been just as inconsistent before I got the coach back. And there's not a lot said like, Hey, what the hell's going on? Or like, what can we do to get you? So it's not always great, even with a structure plan and somebody on the other side, not always, you know, ideal even now I'm kind of just stressing out, like, why am I paying this money for the coach when I'm not getting any benefits out of it? So one thing I think you might've been looking for would be accountability with that and you're not getting it. Yeah, it does seem that way. So, and gosh, how do we hold ourselves accountable without introducing guilt? Because bringing guilt into the equation is going to level up the stress and that's something we don't really want. Yeah. It's a, it's a hard game to play for me for sure. Yeah, I don't think I have an answer, but um, I think it's worth asking the question and certainly for listeners as well. Yeah. So I definitely have a a list of things that I'm trying to do here. Just some tips that I have as like you kind of rebuild to get back in your running fitness. I know now is the time that people are looking at the 2024 calendar and seeing what they want to register for. And you you really start to think seriously about your training plans for things because you kind of want to have those set in place or your events picked out beforehand. So these are just kind of things Chris and I are going to try to do, I guess, as we rebuild. So we thought maybe it would be helpful for other people in a similar situation. So you've registered for a bunch of things. Do you think that those are going to have an impact on your consistency and allow you to focus more? I thought so when I registered. I was like, (laughs) oh yeah, I'm going to hit this hard. I'm going to get this. And now I'm still kind of in the same boat. And I'm just like, we're a few months out from some, you know, events I wanted to do. And I'm just like, oh, I'm kind of badly undertrained for that. So I don't know if I want to register at this point. So Yeah, I've got just one race on the books, the Shamrock Shuffle at the end of March. And, you know, I may just go out and have some fun with it and not really try to PR or anything. I'm definitely not going to PR at my current fitness level. But 
Not having anything else on the calendar, I think, is making it harder for me to really focus and be consistent. But the problem is that I also don't really know what I might want to register for. Like, what would I want to race? I don't, I don't know if there's a marathon for me this year. Um, there's certainly nothing that I'm excited about. Uh, maybe some trail stuff. But for some reason, I feel like with trail races, I have a harder time visualizing what I need to get done. Like, what would be the consistent training for that? Because the focus is a little, you know, it's not necessarily like you're going out and you're measuring yourself against a previous, say, half marathon, which I've done in the past. Like, those are much more comparable, comparable. And trail racing is not really quite as the case because the trails vary so broadly. So your times could, could vary quite a bit. And um, it's more about, I feel like trails are a little bit more about getting out there and having fun. So if your goal is to run those and enjoy them, what is the focus of your training? Well, that's what I'm registered for. I even skipped my only road race I was registered for this year. So I am 100% trail. And for me, that was part of it. It was less about like, oh, you have to hit these specific numbers. And it was more like the accomplishment of, hey, I did this race and that was super tricky terrain and super long distance or whatever it may be. And then I just had a blast because the people out there were so cool. So that's kind of helped keep me motivated for those events. But it is different than I have this precise number I need to hit because realistically, you're not going to hit those on most trail races. Right, exactly. And we don't even focus with trail... With the level that you and I are at, we don't, on the, these ultra trails, we don't really even try to focus on running the whole thing. So then if you're doing a run walk, how do you gauge and have an idea of what my goals are other than just finish the damn thing? That's good enough for me. <laughs> it's actually taken a lot of stress away from my running, but uh, maybe a little too much, I guess. Yeah, I've always been so focused on times and speed and that certainly migrated into my consideration of trail running. And I don't know if maybe I just need to give that up and just, um, just go out there and run and feel it. Yeah, I can't tell you, but I mean, that's definitely on my list of, you know, evaluate your goal and make sure it's something you want. Cause like, you don't want to be halfway into a running block. And I think we kind of got this last year where we were, you know, the summer of the 5k speed. And then like halfway through, we were just like, I don't really want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is lame. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like, are you going for like a 10 K PR? Are you just looking to run Chicago for your, you know, 27th time in a row or whatever it is? Is there, you know, some experience you want to do? You trying to have fun, which is kind of my thing, or is there like a super specific goal you want? So that was definitely on my list of like things to consider as you rebuild, because it's hard to stay motivated on those early stages, especially, I think we all just take it for granted once you get into that training cycle or a training block, it's just on autopilot, you know, I have six tomorrow, I have seven on Thursday, whatever it is. So it's like very specific and easy and you just kind of turn your brain off and follow the plan. And I think what makes this really tricky, we're going into some really great territory where when we began the podcast and when we began our running, we would focus on certain distances and certain times. And those give you really finite goals to try to go out and accomplish. And that's the way I think all runners really approach their running journey. In this, from this idea of like, okay, I want to run consistently. I want to run further and further. And now I want to run faster and faster. And as humans, it's a really easy way for us to approach things because they're very, not necessarily achievable, but very discernible goals. Whereas going out on a trail and, you know, just trying to accomplish that distance and have fun with it and not thinking about so much the, the specific paces or times is much more in a gray zone, much more amorphous. And 
it's harder to relate to that from us growing up in a society where everything is very specific down to, you know, the hours you work and the money you make and, you know, the price of your house, like everything is very specific. And we're talking about a huge gray zone where we just don't really know where we're at. I guess one of the things I'm thinking is that it's hard to judge our progress and our improvement. Like, how do you know that if you don't have all these numbers to look at that we have become kind of addicted to with our garments? Yeah. And to me, it's like, I've, gotten to a point where it's like I don't need to prove anything or progress anymore if it's supposed to be a happy part of my life and I don't necessarily need to be better than I was five years ago to be happier I think I just need to have better experiences and actually enjoy it because it is such a big part of our lives so if you're going to spend that time where you're just punishing yourself you know we all have our our opinions on Goggins and I think Chris and I have made it very clear what we feel about his mentality and things so if that's what you want to, you know, live your life in constant pain and you have to callous everything, that's fine. But that's not really what I'm looking for out of something that's going to take out of, you know, a good chunk of my, my free time out of my life. Right. When I used to frequently go into therapy after a race, I would talk about my disappointments and how, like, I didn't hit the pieces I want or I didn't improve as much as I'd wanted to. And then my therapist would ask me, he's like, well, really, what's the point of that? Like, why do you want to be so much faster and better? Why don't you really just, you know, focus on doing what you love and enjoying it? And that kind of threw me for a loop. And I just thought, because that's what all runners do. We just focus on trying to get faster and stronger so we can feel better than our friends, which sucks. Yeah. And I think it's that trying to fit that definition of runner, like other people's definition of runner, where you're just like, I have to fit in what everybody else thinks a runner is. And that can lead to a lot of unhappiness as well. So I'm not saying it's not for everybody because there's a lot of people that get super joyous out of PRs and, you know, beating their friends and all that stuff, which is fine if that's what fuels you. But I have tried to remove some of that because when it starts to fail or you're going through a rough time, that's definitely the first thing that's going to go. You're going to slow way down and it's not always as, as fun when you can't brag or beat your PRs if that's the only thing driving you to do this. And I think that really deep down, we all know that that's unhealthy. I mean, we can say that it's fine if that's what you want. But, you know, if we're being uh, honest with ourselves, it's it's just not a good state of mind to always be competitive, even though we are. I think it's it's just an added layer of stress to something that's supposed to not be stressful and it's supposed to relieve stress. And then you're just out there stressing yourself out because you're not running fast enough or you're walking hills or whatever it may be. Right. It seems really antithetical. Uh, <laughs> it seems to run entirely counter to what the reason that we're getting out there to run in the first place is. Yeah, exactly. So I guess got a list. Maybe we should. I, I do. Uh, you do not have a list. I've got a few bullet points, but nothing very specific because I'm approaching it more like a trail race. That's that's my mind too. bullet points. It's just a couple bullet points here. So the first one I had was to just getting uh, back into good habits slowly. So I know everybody wants to do, you know, the new year resolution thing. And I did make this a while ago. So um, I was definitely having that in mind where you're going to eat healthy and you're going to work out five days a week and you know, you're going to start incorporating strength training and doing cross training and you're going to be a recovery monster. And then, you know, that lasts for two weeks and then week three, you're back to your old bad habits. So, so maybe set up realistic goals. That would be one. Yes. Uh, good habits slowly was my, but yes, realistic goals for the week. You know, like this is going to be the week I'm going to run four times, you know, back up from the one to, you know, one and a half times I've been running this every week or whatever it is, you know, I'm, usually a five day a week runner. Chris is more of a six day. He likes that for some reason. Cause he's weird, but 
I think I've averaged maybe three to four runs per week for the last two months. So that would be, you know, an easy change for me to make is to go, this is going to be five times a week this time. And then next week I'll focus on bringing in strength training or making diet changes or whatever it is. Yeah. Kind of ridiculously. I just figured that I would go from running like a day every couple of weeks to just jumping back into six days a week. And, um, Spoiler, it's not happening. Yeah, it's weird when you just try to make, you know, violent changes all at once. It doesn't go as well. But three to four days a week is feeling pretty good for me right now. So maybe I'll play in that zone for a bit. Yeah, and I think the other thing, too, is you have to really start low with your mileage. I know everybody kind of feels like once you're a runner, like, oh, that 5K distance is so easy. But you might just be doing, you know, three miles in the morning or even less than that for, you know, a couple days a week just so you can get back in the, the habit of getting up and doing those days. And not killing your body because it's going to take your body a, a little bit to adapt back to where it was, which I think Chris is learning now the hard way. Yeah, for sure. Because I went from, I'm just trying to pull up the stats. For the second half of last year, I was averaging about 150 to 160 miles a month. And um, last month I averaged like 26 miles and this month I'm at 21 already. So I know that I'm definitely not going to jump back up to 140 miles a month right away. And I was probably thinking that I could do that. And uh, my body's telling me that that's probably not the case. Yeah, I've, I've only taken one time, like one off season before. And I kind of was more forgiving then, which is weird because I was like a super brand new runner. And now I'm just like, no, no, you're OK. You're like, you can still do it. But I think that's like my next bullet point is accurately judge where your fitness is. And I think that's something that Chris and I are both going to struggle with, where it's just like, you have to realize like the damage you've done by taking time off. So all that progress has kind of slipped back and regressed a little bit. And then there's other factors into play too. Like how has your diet been? Or, you know, have you done other healthy activities while you've been off? And I can definitely say the answer for me is, you know, terrible diet and no strength training or cross training or anything. So it's not like I had something else filling the gap. It's just been a lot of missed runs. So. Yeah. It's a really hard hit to take emotionally where, you know, up until November of last year, I was running consistently slow to run fast and always in zone two. And that was around a 10 minute pace for me, 10 minute pace at like 145 heart rate. And that was really pretty comfy. And now my cardio has absolutely tanked. And I've been finding that even 11 minute pace is a struggle. It's like we're out there and we're doing 10 fifties or 11 or 11, 10 paces and it's like a tempo run for me. I'm in zone four or five and constantly having to slow myself down and realize that, you know, I'm just not that fast right now that my cardio has got to catch up again and then I'll get there. And, you know, from the mind, cerebrally, I know that I'll get there and it's not going to be that hard and I'll get there faster than I did before. But until I do, it's emotionally pretty difficult and I struggle with that for sure. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a very finicky house of cards we've built because on the same way, it's like this is the first like other than that first year time I've ever really taken any kind of time off or like serious missed runs and things like that. So it's like six years I've been putting into this and it just collapses within a few months where you lose so much of your progress that you worked so hard for. So it is it is a big mind um, F with that. So And something that you might not realize is how. This can also, you know, taking this break can, even though you're alleviating stress, it can sort of negatively impact your emotional state because you're not getting the runners high anymore and you're probably feeling bad about not running. And so 
you know, it's a catch-22 where we're eliminating some stress from our lives by taking it easy on ourselves, but also we're kind of feeling bad about ourselves. And then when you get back to it, I ran into this and um, I don't know why I didn't realize it. My therapist made it really clear what was going on with me, where I would go out and run maybe once a week or a couple times a week. And then I would come back in from that run feeling really bad about how I did and just beat myself up about it. And then I wouldn't be consistent. Like it would be really hard for me to find the motivation to go out and do the next run. And, um, you know, it seems kind of obvious in hindsight that allowing my mind to beat myself up about my performance is what was holding back my motivation and my consistency, which in turn makes me still kind of suck out there when I'm running the next time. And so it's a vicious cycle. Yeah, it's, it's really rough, but I mean, I think the first step is definitely identifying it that, you know, not everything's going to be the same and just being kind to yourself because it's, it's rough. So if you're coming back from a break, realize that it's going to be a drag out there. It's going to suck and it's going to be hard and you're going to wonder what's wrong with you. And honestly, nothing, nothing is wrong with you. You just have to retrain yourself. And that's just what it is. And the sooner you can accept that, the sooner you'll begin making progress. Very true. So I guess uh, I'll move to my next bullet point, which is to not fall in the fads. Uh, I think we're all looking for answers when you're in this kind of state and you see a new device or diet or some kind of weird exercise that's proven to make you 26 you know, seconds faster on your, your marathon time. I would steer clear of that stuff. Unless it's Normatex. <laughs> That's not a fad. Those have been around for years. They're on like their third version. Yeah, no, but um, anything that you just kind of see, I think you're going to get a lot of like weird things in your 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 mind and you're going to start to question a lot of things and don't jump on the fads or, you know, think that this is the way because it's new and hot item right now. Diets are, you know, big thing on this is just, oh, this is super specific. I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to feel great. And it's like not all those diets are everything they're cracked up to be you know, cleanses, everything like that. So just be careful with what you are experimenting with as you build back, because you don't want to try something stupid that, you know, shows results for a few weeks. And then you're in a world of hurt a month later because you got injured or you didn't have the proper nutrition or whatever it may be. Although one of the things that I did pick up on and uh, have done since New Year's is giving up alcohol. And unfortunately, I haven't seen like all of the benefits of that because I stopped running and started eating really poorly. But I do overall, I think, feel better. So I think it's, it's a plus. Yeah. I mean, and I, don't, I wouldn't say that's a fad. That's just a positive <laughs> change, in my opinion. Right. I'm not calling it a fad. Yeah. Um, so mild tangent. <laughs> oh, another thing that I really suffer from is, and I think a lot of us do this, comparing ourselves to our friends, especially our fast friends. And it's even worse when those fast friends were way more consistent than you were throughout the winter months and have now gotten much faster and you're slower. Oh, well, that happens. And uh, yeah, you just have to suck it up and try not to compare yourself to other people so much. Just uh, travel your own journey. And it's going to be hard not to compare yourself to your own self and where you were last year. That's also where I'm sort of struggling. But, you know, you've got to live in the moment and deal with where you are right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've always said, what is that? Comparison is... Comparison is the thief, thief of, of something. I can't get it. It's not coming to me right now. <laughs> Joy. Yes, there it is. So you definitely don't want to be comparing your current self to your past self. That's, you know, a terrible thing. 
because you're not going to be in your your best overall shape if you're trying to rebuild most likely. So and this applies to anything, you know, life things coming back from an injury or anything like that. You have to be patient with yourself and you aren't the same runner you were before. And hopefully this will make you a smarter runner and you'll actually learn from your experience. So there's some positive to come out of it as well. What was really frustrating for me is that in October, I was slowly and steadily building to a place where I was going to be better than I was right before we ran Chicago the year previously. So I was definitely comparing myself to the year before. And even though I was training smarter, it was more slow. It was slower coming to me that fitness improvement, but I was, I'm pretty sure going to be a better runner and a faster runner than I was the year previously. And then that all sort of tanked. And now, yeah, comparing myself to where I was then or even the year before is really um, sort of a negative state to be in. At least you're not injured. And I feel like you got sick like 20% less. (laughs) (laughs) And definitely way less injured than I was the year of Chicago. Yeah. I do feel like your, your whole immune system took a a giant crap after Chicago though. Like you kind of got sick a lot, like December, January, February that year. Yeah. For like two, three months. Yeah. It was like nonstop. So, so definitely better this year then. Uh, The next thing on my bullet point is uh, don't assume everything that worked last time is going to work again. I would try to, you know, focus in on what was successful and enjoyable and apply that to your new, you know, goal or your training plan. Or even if you're just out there casually running kind of like I am right now. But just, you know, keep in mind that things you liked might be different now just because, you know, a super shoe worked for you or you really like this brand or whatever it is. They change everything all the time. You might have a different foam. It might be completely redesigned. So just make sure you're not just relying on those things and you just assume they're going to work because you might need to make changes, unfortunately. What's been kind of strange for me, maybe over the last year or so, is I've become way less gear focused. And it was weird when we were getting ready to head out on this trail run this past weekend. I had to ask myself, I was like, what trail shoes do I like? And uh, from my um, stash on the shelf and even with uh, road running the same, I, I was I couldn't even remember which shoes I was liking in this moment. So I'm, I'm way less focused on gear than I have been in a long time. I am too. I don't think I've bought anything like running specific in probably a month or two, which is like a record for me since I started. So, so the running economy is taking a serious hit. Yeah, there's going to be a couple running, you know, companies probably ultra going to want to go out of business soon. So could be, I would imagine <laughs> that. So yeah, definitely those things that used to be great for you in the past may not be so great for you nowadays, or maybe you just don't even care about them anymore. Yeah, that's true. So something to think about. But I think we all know we have our favorites and our things that work and. If you have a pair of old ones, probably going to be safe to use those. But if you go out and try to motivate yourself with a new pair, you might not be so excited about it. So, oh man, I used to get so much motivation from new shoes, especially <laughs> the super shoes. And yeah, I don't find power in shoes anymore. It's all <laughs> got to come from inside, uh, which is more healthy, but way harder. Yeah. Nike doesn't approve of this message. <laughs> they do not. Yeah. They just uh, unsponsored us. <laughs> just, uh, just buy it. <laughs> So my last point is to be kind to yourself and to others. I think most runners are happy to like slow down, help with you coming back and rebuilding like they want you to be part of their groups. Um, If you were friends with somebody or you had a good tight knit group, they missed you while you were gone. So just because, you know, you you can't stay, hang with them anymore or, you know, you guys are running your own races or separate training programs doesn't mean like you're any less of a runner than them or they're, you know even sabotaging you or trying to sabotage you, you know, and it's okay to have those kinds of friends. I've had this relationship with my wife the entire time we've run. She's always been a slower runner and we do our own paces, but we always, you know, end up together at the end. So 
I think that's just a something to think about because it's really easy to get out there with your friends and get discouraged because I can't keep up with that person anymore and I used to be able to hang with them. So just uh, I think Chris already kind of touched on that too with your fast friends. Just, you know, it's important for you to get out there and get those miles in. If it's going to bring you down to run with a group, maybe avoid that until you get a little bit of your fitness back. But honestly, those people aren't judging you because it's, you know, everybody's doing their own thing. So hold yourself to your own standard, but I, it shouldn't make you miserable constantly that you're always thinking about this and you're even out on your runs like, I can't keep up. Just do what's going to make you happy and, and don't hold yourself to other standards. And I feel like that vibes really well with my final point, which is accept that dealing with these temporary losses are simply the cost of balancing your life. It's almost the same thing you said, really. Yeah. And that's, that's what's important. That's your happiness, your state of mind, your well-being. Those are our goals, really. You know, a marathon is sort of a temporary goal, but making yourself healthy and happy and a better person to be around should be your ultimate goal. Absolutely. And like we I said multiple times already, like this is supposed to be a happy part of your life. It's not supposed to add more stress and bring you misery. So this is something that you're doing to improve yourself and make yourself live longer and be happier. Indeed. So run for joy. Run for joy. That's is that going to be the title of the episode? <laughs> It'll be our new t-shirt. Instead of later on the back, it'll say run for joy. That's not as negative. I don't like it. I know. It sounds so twee. <laughs> and that kind of wraps up most of what we had to think about that. Yeah. I do have a gear review. So wow. to find you gear is still going strong. Nice. I think it's the last pair of shoes I bought. I figured that this whole um, episode was a moment of Zen and I was definitely more interested in uh, diving back into podcasting more easily, just like my running. Yes. So I'm taking the stress off. So yeah, he's going to take his stress off by completely <laughs> neglecting his segment. <laughs> I'm balancing life. <laughs> so my Defend Your Gear is uh, the last pair of shoes I think I bought. I actually think I got another pair in between, but this is the Speedland GS Oak. Uh, this is the Path Projects Edition. This is uh, got a dual dial LI2 BOA system. So I don't know what the hell that means. I think it's some kind of marketing term, but they're much smaller BOA twist than like the normal ones but there's two of them so we need to clarify what boas are boas are like a twisty knob with like some kind of you know very high tensile strength or um shoelace material in there but it's very thin and it totally replaces kind of traditional shoelaces and you see these a lot in cycling shoes and i kind of dig them yeah it, it makes it very easy for adjusting the shoes on the fly especially if you have gloves on so like winter months it's really easy just to be able to like pop it you know the the boa cap and it'll loosen your shoe and then you just push it back down and then you twist it to tighten it up so um with the two on the shoe it's kind of nice because it allows a little bit more of a snug fit and feel whereas a standard bow usually only has the one so you're kind of just relying that on that one to tighten the entire shoe so this is nice that it has the two points it has a uh, drop in insole that actually has like a carbon plate insert carved out of the bottom where you can buy that separately so if you want the carbon plate and you want to put it in there it just kind of pops in the shoe which is super nice and it's all like already cut out so there's no real work you just push it on a tab which is awesome um it has a michelin outsole which i've never really had any michelin um outsoles before it's usually like vibram and i think the uh, adidas has continental rubber on the outside so this actually holds up really really well it's got uh a seven millimeter drop on it. It's 37 millimeters in the heel and 30 in the four, four foot. And it's a very, very comfortable shoe. I really enjoy it. It's got a nice wide toe box. So it's kind of like an ultra, but it's uh, not quite as roomy, but it's very comfortable. It's kind of like a moccasin is what they designed it off of. The Boa, like I said, is great, great fit. The 
foam on the shoe is kind of firm, but it actually feels really well, really good when you're out on the trail. So I think they found that nice where it's not too much foam, but it's an, nice when you're hitting things like, you know, dirt and trail material instead of on the road. But I have run on these in the road when it was snowed outside and they weren't terrible at all. So they're pretty pricey. Tag on these is like 275. I was able to find a promo code just by searching it on the internet and I got 40% off, which made it way less pricey. So Dang. for that, I would definitely recommend them. Uh, 275, I would think twice, but they are a small company and they're just starting out. So um, I think they've got some good things ahead of them. And they seem to listen to the community. So I would definitely recommend checking out their shoes if you're in the market for something new and you can't find something you like. And the the name of the shoe again, since I wasn't paying attention? Oh, it's the uh, Speedland uh, GS Oak. So all their shoes have kind of weird names, but their website's runspeedland.com. So uh, just go on there and look at the shoe you think is the prettiest. I know that they said the last two versions of the shoe they made are the best ones. Like they, they had some issues early on where they were still designing through the shoes. So I would recommend sticking i think it's like a a blue version with like blood on it or this one which is the path project version i'd stick to one of those um because these are like the latest ones and they seem to be ironing out all the the kinks in the shoes so they're figuring out how to do shoe yes exactly they're figuring out how to turn it into a marketing nightmare like nike nice (laughs) just buy it (laughs) just buy it cool well, so with that, I guess I will give out our socials. Um, we we got a beautiful email that was very nice, and we appreciate those emails because they do motivate us. Uh, conversationalpacepod at gmail.com is our Gmail account. That's probably the reason we're actually recording today. Yes, that it's, email. it's very motivating. So we appreciate you guys sending that in. We definitely re- appreciate the kind words when you send those in. Our Instagram is conversationalpacepod, Facebook conversationalpacepodcast, Twitter or X or whatever the hell it is now, cpacepod. Uh, TikTok is Conversational Pace, YouTube Conversational Pace Pod, and Threads is Conversational Pace Pod. Later? We should do another podcast sometime. We should. Okay, we'll try. Let's make it more consistent than one every three months. <laughs> <laughs> we will definitely strive for that. But, you know, we're going we're gonna to keep the stress low, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah, later. Later. <laughs>